Welcome, daters, to The Yentas. We are three matchmakers. Elisa Ben Shalom. Michal Neistetter. And Danielle Selber. Yenta can carry a negative gossipy connotation. We are not that. We are love professionals and proud to be Yentas. This is a part of our tradition, our history. We support you on your search for your person. The three of us met for coffee many years ago, and we've collaborated and supported each other and our clients ever since. This is your invite to our chat at the virtual coffee shop. Who should you date? Who should you marry? These are the biggest decisions that a person can make. You don't have to do it alone. You've got us. Ready? Come on in. Take a seat. Today, we'll start to talk a bit about the word of the day. Today, it's Chadhanit, and we'll take a caller with a question about dating and end with a signature Eliza blessing. So let's start. Okay, so Chadhanit is the feminine way of saying, you know, matchmaker. Shadhan would be male. Shadhanim is plural. Shiduch. Now, this is all in Hebrew, right? And that's how it's used in the modern context, but we found out it's from the original Aramaic right? Shadach. So a word that doesn't come from Hebrew or Yiddish initially. Which represents calm or tranquility. So <laughs> if you find your, if you find your match, hopefully that's what you feel. That's mm-hmm. the goal, right? And hopefully when you're um, working with your Shadchan or your Shadchanit, you also feel that way. <laughs> uh, that's the goal. <laughs> and so how is the word used in, in, in modern Israel, Eliza, on the streets? How are they using Shadchan and Shadchanit today? Yeah, so all the time people want to know, like, oh, are you a shadchan? Are you a shadchanit? Do you you set people up and and you're you know you you help them find their beshert? You know, it's like a, a very common uh, you know at shadchanit can like what's the difference between a shadchan and a matchmaker, or what's the difference between a modern matchmaker and a mitzvah matchmaker? Like we start to get into some nuances of how the industry works actually so if you Uh call yourself a shadchan it means that you are somebody who sets people up you work you know to get the match when they get engaged usually there's like shidduch guilt you know like a little bit of money that comes as a reward Uh for your efforts it depends on the community it depends on uh, you know, how, your financial status, how much you give, you know, it depends on who else was involved in the shidduch, in the match, and and who supported the match. So there's like a lot of, I don't know, there's, to me, the word shadchan is like buried under a lot of, like, if you say like, oh, are you a shadchan? I'm like, that is not a simple answer, right? <laughs> if I say yes, like, do you expect me to just run out and start searching for you this minute and, and setting you up? It's There's a lot of pressure when I hear that word. I feel a little bit, you know, with pressure, like, you just want me to constantly throw ideas at you and set you up. And that's not my idea uh-huh. of working as a matchmaker, a coach, a shadchan, a shadchanit, somebody in the industry who's trying to support daters. That sounds like Chadchan has a, a bit of a, like a business tinge to it, right? Well, um, it like has a, a little bit of a chesed, like a little of a do it out of the kindness of your heart. And, you know, maybe there'll be something, oh. you know, like a small financial, you know, thing at the end or some, 
It depends. It depends on the community and the the people, what they offer. Meanwhile, I thought you said shidduch guilt, not shidduch guilt when you were talking about money. <laughs> and I was like, gosh, like matchmaking guilt. Let's talk about that. Oh my God, I've totally <laughs> Okay, there to- is shidduch guilt. And that's what I have when people ask it. There you go. <laughs> so it both but, works. No, okay, here's question. Here's question. When you are in an Uber, do you and they ask you what you do for a living. Do you I always tell, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a dating relationship coach, matchmaker. And they're like, really? Uh-huh. I need to find somebody. <laughs> Can you help me? <laughs> How do we expect people to react? They're so fascinated to be meeting a real life matchmaker. And you just see it like the air leaves the room and their eyes light yes. up. And they're like, I have so many questions for you. But you know, yes. an accountant never gets that. <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and it's lovely to be met with that level of excitement. But it's because people don't understand what a matchmaker is and what a matchmaker isn't. So let me tell you something about what a matchmaker isn't. It is not just a shortcut. Because in fact, when you meet a matchmaker and you just think like, oh, insert my Bacharit here. No, (laughs) actually a matchmaker is going to make you work. They're going to make you reflect. They're going to make you, they're going to meet you where you're at and probably push you forward Mm -hmm. because like attracts like. So if you're asking for someone who's dynamic and special and smart, you know, the Shadchan or Shadchanit will will want to make sure that you embody those qualities at the same time. So yeah, mm. so I would say that a shadchan is not a, a shortcut. If you're if you're looking for a shortcut, do not come to us. Don't look for love. If you're looking for a shortcut, just don't look for love. There is no <laughs> shortcut to love. No. So what else is a is a shadchan not? Uh a shadchan is not a um quick order it's not fast food like you can't just place your order and then expect them to get back to you tomorrow with a suggestion that is like off the wall amazing Um, and by the way if they do for some reason have an incredible amazing suggestion that comes immediately to you and you get married you should compensate them handsomely you should be extremely (laughs) generous that you didn't have to go through such a long schleppy annoying irritating frustrating process if somebody can deliver on demand right like you know you can get your video on demand you can get your person on demand which by the way if we could set that up i think that the world would be a happier place so we we need to ask god for a little help with that on demand soulmates please (laughs) Mm. it's on demand but it's not an on-demand service. It is an in-demand service. It's a service that people really want and they really need, but it is something that actually takes time. It's a relationship. I need to get to know you. You need to get to know me. We need to understand where you came from. We need to know what kind of role models you had. We need to know where we need to re- imagine what your relationship is going to look like based on your history, right? There's like Michal said, there's so much work that we need to do. And then we need to go into the world and find a partner who is aligned with who you are and with who we believe you will be and in what direction you are going and growing. That's a lot of work. Totally. Exactly. What is, what is a Sharhan not, Danielle? I mean, so in my work, um, So because I work in like a a different model of matchmaking in which it's more about community engagement and getting people into the right rooms and around the right kinds of people that they might vibe with, it's it's less about matches, right? It's more whenever people ask me, oh, how do you measure success? And, you know, these questions that we probably all get every day. The thing is that the dirty little secret of it is that just having people be in the same event or connected through the same um, Shabbat uh, Friday night dinner 
that is the way that most of my matches have been made. Like last night. Just like <laughs> last night. Yeah, we won't get into details, but we had we went to the uh, Jewish Film Festival yeah. and there were two people who were clearly vibing and had so much in common and were just adorable. And like, I don't know if I would have set them up. Probably not. Yeah. Like maybe. But we made the space open and yes. we got to watch some films together. Yes, cool. and maybe some magic happened. Let's find Ooh. out. Oh, I, I have another. Ashad Khan is not um, a magician, someone who pulls a <laughs> rabbit out of a hat. In fact, I like, Aliza, your language that a matchmaker is a conduit. Mm. Can you expand on that? Do you remember saying that? I remember you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? What did I say? A magical thing. Uh, like, because <laughs> it's, not, it's not my success you know i think that like the universe needs to align and maybe i think of the idea but i present an opportunity for an introduction but they need to meet each other they need to show up they need to do that that work so i think the matchmaker is the conduit in this instance and mm -hmm. you said that beautifully at some point i remember that language you used it's lovely yeah i don't remember the full definition but i do see myself as a a go-between to smooth out the introductions, to smooth out the beginning of relationships, and to make sure when they come to any dating hurdles that they can get over them gracefully, and when they fall, they can pick themselves back up. Because to me, a successful relationship is not about that chemistry. That chemistry will be there, fine, yeah, whatever. Or maybe it won't be there as much, but there'll be something there, fine. What I want to know can you pick yourselves up when you fall? Because if you can't, that equals divorce. So I don't care if you have chemistry, if you fall down and you skin your knee and you walk out, right? I need to know I can fall down, I can break my arm and my partner's gonna carry me out or I'm gonna carry them out or we're gonna be there together holding hands, walking through this experience and we know how to get through challenges because life is great and wonderful <laughs> and challenging and you have to be able to get through the challenges to have an amazing relationship and a matchmaker can be there to support you through it a relationship coach a, a counselor um i just had a weird thought can i share it yes because yes. <laughs> you were talking about the smooth making it a smooth process i was like matchmakers and shahanim are where the soy lecithin <laughs> which is the it's the ingredient in chocolate that makes it really really smooth so if you've ever had chocolate that oh. didn't have soy lecithin less so thin it's like really crusty. people are allergic i know so this is not a good example <laughs> chocolate is like magical uh, it's because of because some people are allergic to matchmakers too so it's a good example. oh my god yeah. that's and that's fine <laughs> not everybody needs to work with a matchmaker no, that's okay not everyone we are not for everyone <laughs> anyways i just got weird for a moment but you know what I mean. we're saying we're an ingredient in the in the smoothie of love <laughs> wait it's like you know Silky smooth. Chocolate of love, but. Yeah. So let's hear from our dater, okay. right? We have a question today. Um, oh, that's such a good one, too. Yeah, let's okay. hear. Hi, my name is Mishka Silberman. I'm originally from Fairlawn, New Jersey, spent about 10 years in Philly, um, and now I travel the world pretty much full time. I'm a digital nomad. And my question for the Yentas is, what do you recommend in terms of finding partnership while traveling? Um, I'm very, you know, very open to meeting someone. I'm open to shifting some travel plans if I meet someone interesting. Um, you know, I've tried a lot of the classic ways of dating. I've been set up on dates. I've used dating apps. I've met people in real life, of course. That's my first and foremost. Um, but, you know, the... The life partnership piece hasn't happened yet, um, and part of me believes in living my life to the fullest and, you know, being open to it and 
trusting and having faith in the process um, and in the universe and in God that when it's my time, it will happen. And I'm also wondering what I can do to help the process along the way. Thanks so much. Looking forward to your advice. Okay, so finding partnership while traveling. And the question is really like, what should my effort be, right? This this is my life. I'm a digital nomad. I can go anywhere and work from any place that I want. I can work any hours of the day and night. I can be in any city for any length of the time. I can extend my trip. I can shorten my trip. Like, it doesn't matter. I have so much flexibility. And when I have so much flexibility and I have so much flux where I'm going from city to city and country to country, how do I still hone in and find that person? And uh-huh. and I love that she said, like, I get out there, I meet people, I love in-person events. And I would tell her, I, I would look at every city. So, so as a matchmaker, right? If I'm going to a new city, I'm looking, I'm going, okay, who's single? Okay, who's, who's single? Either A, who's single, or B, who do I like? Who do I vibe with that might know another dater like me? That would be like a similar vibe. And I would be thinking like, super networker, super connector. I'm in a new city. I better find 10 new people to connect me to another 10 new people, right? And and in three yeah. days, I want to have 20 new connections. And if none of those people are my people and none of those people know my pe- person, then get me to the next per- Like all I need is my next connection, right? Six degrees of separation. I need one more connection so that I could get to the next thing to see if you know my person or if you are my person. Uh-huh. And I literally, I like, I, I put on my shared soulmate glasses and I look around and I'm like hmm, hmm, hmm who can help me in this you know like anywhere coffee shop it doesn't matter walking down the street it doesn't matter you know popping I up. love that you just said that my Bechert glasses I, I it's really fascinating because I was just reading a book by Michelle Jacoby and it's a lot about like how to avoid mistakes that people make in dating and she coined the term dating goggles like beer goggles yeah. where as soon as it's like evaluating somebody for dating you judge them so mm-hmm. harshly but if you put on your Bacheret glasses your bi- bifocals <laughs> and you're just searching for like the means to your next connection and your next mm-hmm. connection that might get you to your Bacheret you know because yeah. when you're going on a date with someone that might be the person who knows your Bacheret actually yeah and that's right. the thing like when it comes to, you know, dating goals, the second, what did you just say that the second that you look at it as dating, now you're, now you're more critical, you're more judgmental, right? And you're more nervous too, right? You're not going to be your best self anyway. But if you can go in with a different goal, right? Is the goal to authentically connect with people? Is it to have fun? Is it to have the experience that that room happens to be having? And then you meet someone who meets someone who meets someone like, like, how can we let our experiences be valuable for what they are and not just as like, you know, who's the hot one in the room? Yes. Flip it also. I think when we flip it and we go, okay, who can help me and who can I help, right? I'm meeting tons of people all over the world. Maybe I'm going to know somebody and I'm going to be able to make a connection. And as, yeah. as long as I've got on my soulmate spectacles, I no. could I could really be a matchmaker too. Okay, I, okay. I, do take, I do want to take a step back because, um, like, I am Mishka, and Mishka is me. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. just eight years ahead of her because I too, like, I spent six months backpacking on my own, and I eventually um, moved to Colombia to learn Spanish, and that's where I was introduced to my husband, my now husband, my Bashar. And I think the the 
One of the issues that she's touching on is that when you are in these new and novel experiences, you know, your heart can be so open and I do think that that's a little bit dangerous. So in some ways, I want her to have her Basharat. But are we going to go with this analogy the whole time? I, <laughs> I want her to put the dating goggles on a little bit more than she normally would when she is traveling, because you have to be so mindful of, you know, the way that love happens is because of this like dopamine rush when you're in these new and novel experiences. And we learned about that from Helen Fisher, um, who's a researcher. And looks at the brain. And so you have to, you have to be extremely, extremely careful when you're traveling to not just like give your heart and your love away to just anyone, because it can be such an exciting time. Mm -hmm. But I've met so many people that like when they're traveling, they would get like trapped in a place because they would fall for someone, you know, and then real and you know, you're so caught in it. And then you know, it's not, it's not real life. You're not thinking about decisions about like how and where would we raise my kids? Mm -hmm. And like, what happens if one of my parents, you know, was sick, because that's, those are things that are extremely difficult to mm -hmm. navigate when two people are from two different countries and two different languages and different religions and all of these things. Um, so yeah, I don't really know. If I like how you just took it from like, you know, finding her person to she found them, they're getting married and they can't decide where to live because they need to live near somebody's parents. She has to think bigger because this world is so big and she's globetrotting and that's beautiful. Let the world be big. Enjoy okay. yourself. Okay, so I have another idea for her. If she's specifically looking for Jewish daters, so land in those countries where you can find them or those cities where they're going to be hyper-focused. So like, so like just for example, like lots, I know a lot of travelers from Israel are going Going to India and it's like a thing find the local Chabad the other thing is um, Dubai very popular now um, you can en land yourself almost in any city and there's usually a Chabad so I would it's tell a Chabad, her Lisa, that sounds great a Chabad is a local is a, is a world international worldwide Jewish organization um, that offers um, community for Jews who land wherever where, wherever they are um, sometimes they support their local city and sometimes they're like in the middle of nowhere and they're just supporting travelers who are coming in I cannot tell you how many people I know personally who met someone at a Chabad somewhere like it is it is very very much a thing that happened met the person that they're with okay so we're just calling it if you want to meet your person just go to a chabad pick any city Mishka, go anywhere and just go to a chabad it's valuable information though because even somebody who's who identifies as jewish might not realize that that's that's a, a place for them that in every single city in the world and that's not an exaggeration like really there is a chabad house which means that there's a couple usually a rabbi and and wife who are opening their doors to the community to travelers to people who live there and just saying come in join yeah. us be part of this they have classes they yeah. have shabbat they have holidays and they know people in the local area so if you're going to ask them, you know, and they also know it doesn't matter your background. They don't care yeah. if you're secular, if you're religious, if you're anywhere in between, if you're undecided, it makes no difference. You're, you're somebody, you're Jewish, and you want to be a part of what's happening. They're like, come, come join mm -hmm. us. Yeah. And, ooh, oh, I have an idea. Let them match you. Yeah. Because, because the thing about Chabad is it speaks to a need, you know, to have this focal point and connecting people and have these open doors. And I just went, uh, I was in Denmark this summer and I mean, they grilled me, obviously, like, how'd you find out about us? And like, you know, show us your passport and all of that stuff. Um, but it was such a beautiful space to be welcomed into. And they started to, you know, help me think of connections um, to advance my 
you know, matchmaking. And I think there's a strong interest in Chabad um, in creating more of a matchmaking movement. That's so true. yeah, I think that's really good advice for her. I like I have, I have a new good connection with Chabad and a rabbi. So we're, we're going to get on this. Yeah, we're going to get them yeah. on this matchmaking dating circuit and, and really help to support daters across the globe. Oh, I, I have another idea for her. It's just that she she talks about trying to like the traditional ways, you know, when she's back in the States. Um, and I think that you can be an adventurer, fine, but you also have to find adventure when you're home. You know what Love I'm it. saying? Because like then when yeah. she's home, she's not going to be in this like thrilling, beautiful landscape, mm-hmm. all the dopamine and all, everything is <laughs> novel. She's going to have to work a little bit harder. Except some people live in a beautiful place like that. Well, I also, I think that in her question, she told us a lot about herself and her and her willingness to, to do that because she said something like, I'm totally willing to shift my travel plans. Like mm-hmm. in other words, that she has yeah. space and time and energy to find this. And it's not... Uh, it's something that she really genuinely wants and is totally willing to make space for if it comes along. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just asking her to be discerning. 100%. Not, yeah. yeah, there's this combination of security versus openness versus, yeah. But I, to me, she sounds like ready. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a readiness, something that I think that we all can sort of feel when we talk to somebody, she sounds ready to me. Mm-hmm. So how would she know, how can you spot it? that person that's like worth you stopping your travels, you know, mm-hmm. and changing your plans. How do you know that that's somebody that's worth doing that for? I always say a yes is a yes. Cause that's, that's easy. It's like, Ooh, I'm enticed. Right. A no is a no, which is like, Oh gosh, absolutely not. And then anything other than a yes or a no, it's just a yes for now. Right. Meaning, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not sure. Hey, Michal, what do you think? Is this worth it? I don't know. I don't know just stick around for three more days and go on two more dates and get more data and information. And your head and your heart are going to be able to make a decision. Either you're going to have more in common, things are going to grow, or things are going to go sour and you're going to go, time to move on. I can go to my next city. I don't need to stick around for you anymore. So my, my advice is to like, take something as far as it can go. And if she's on a traveler's timeline, she might want to date a little bit more compact. So instead of spreading dates out, do it a little more back to back here and there so that she can really get to know somebody and make an educated, informed decision in a quicker timeline. Lovely. We should, we should give her a blessing to wish her well on this uh, journey. Blessing time. Okay. Mishka, may you find your partner on your travels. May he delight you and may you help many other people to also find their soulmate and make those introductions. Hmm. Amen. Be a matchmaker. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for yentaing with us today. Join us for coffee next week and you can find us on Instagram, Aliza Ben Shalom, Michal Matches, and Danielle Selber. And if you want to submit your questions, slide into our DMs.